1: Welcome to Building Sustainability podcast with me your host Geoffrey Hart aka Geoffrey the Natural Builder. Every fortnight join me as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers exploring the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. Hello and welcome to episode 92. This is part two of the Christmas special all about the tiny house that I built uh, with a snappy title of something like Biophilic Tiny House or The Natural Tiny Home. Something like that. I haven't decided yet. Things to know about this episode are that there are definitely some swears and silly tangents uh, that went on in this conversation. I actually edited out nearly an hour's worth of uh things that weren't quite suitable um but there are still a couple of sweary words so if that's not good for little ears or sensitive dispositions then do please not listen to this episode um or the one after it if you haven't heard part one listen to part one because they work best in order uh this episode we are going to be talking about Kind of details air tightness, ventilation, power heating, water, um, I should say up front that the chat about the solar I am not a solar expert, I have done a fair amount of research, I don't fully understand it, and at some point, I will get someone who knows loads about solar to explain all of this stuff really properly, so just bear in mind that what I say is opinion or my understanding of it. I think that's it. Enjoy the episode and enjoy guest interviewer, Mike Hill
0: This podcast, of course, is called Be Building Sustainability. Mm. And you Hello are called Jeffrey the Natural Builder. Yes. So clues in the title. Did you find a Additional pressure on top of wanting to create, like a you know, a, a tiny home that exemplified the practices and modalities and stuff that were ideal hmm. in building something like this, which is sustainable and and good in modern building practices. Uh, did you find just by virtue of your own title uh, an extra bit of pressure? You, Jeffrey, the natural builder, doing a sustainably built natural material home.
1: You know, uh, I don't know if I felt. Pressure, I certainly felt. Um, so there's a bit of a divide between the high end building science world and the natural building world, um, in terms of sort of largely in terms of airtightness and how you achieve airtightness, yeah. And the natural builders generally say a bit of natural ventilation is fine, and the sort of passive house. Building science people would mm. say like build it as tight as possible, and I would have have sort of taken on this airtightness thing more and more recently. Mm. And normally I would create an airtightness layer by plastering something with clay plaster. Yes, um, I didn't have any plaster going in this this is a timber frame building that where weight is really important mm-hmm. so i can't put a heavy layer of clay plaster and it's gonna move and it's gonna move yeah and it's gonna <laughs> jiggle its way down <laughs> Oh god, we're not thinking about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> bouncing off trees and off tree <sighs> roots, and blah. so yeah to achieve that high level building i had to use a plastic membrane yes and so actually i felt like i was sort of being a fraud To that Jeffrey the Natural Builder name,
0: I remember speaking to you about that at the time. Actually, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. What Mm. did I say? Anything insightful?
0: No, just 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 a similar thoughts. Just like I don't know how to get past this or step around this without using a plastic layer Mm. and the feelings of what am I doing? Yeah, involved in that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I and I would say there's there's a lot of crossover. Um, while the membranes that I've used are made of plastic, they are working in the same way as a, a clay plaster or a lime render mm-hmm. in that they are letting vapour pass through them and out. Right. It's not just a plastic sheet.
0: No, so it's um, a vapour permeable layer.
1: Yes. And in fact, the internal layer is actually a smart vapour layer. Mm. <laughs> Get ready for the science Let's bit. Let's go. Uh where uh, when it hits 70% humidity, um, up until that point, it is a vapour barrier, so it's like a plastic sheet. Yeah. When it hits 70%, which is like the danger uh, percentage in terms of internal humidity, it's when sort of mould can start and things like that. The danger wet. The danger wet, vapour yeah. wet. Um, at that point, the intelligent membrane then opens up and lets that through. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, shit. That's extremely clever. It is really clever. It's intelligent, smart. Mm. Bluetooth. Uh, (laughs) 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 It's just got an aux. uh, Old school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So so yeah, there was there was a difficulty there. Like I really, I mean, I've used as much natural material as I possibly can. Yes. Anywhere that I could use natural instead of man-made, I have, with the exception of the membrane. And actually, it was a conversation with Chris Magwood kind of when I was at the design stage, and he said, like, you know, the amount of plastic you're actually going to use, it's probably less than all of your plumbing that you're going to do our plastic pipe. Yes. And this one is going to make your building yeah you know, 20% more efficient
0: this is it yeah
1: so for a small amount of plastic really efficient building and if you think of 20% more efficient over like every time I fire the wood stove yeah if I'm using 20% less wood yeah that very quickly becomes a you know a net positive it's very I was
0: just going to say it's a very much a net positive gain now isn't it yeah yeah
1: So yeah, it and it's you know there. I on certain uh, natural building forums, um, I'm not allowed to mention the membrane, right? Because they're so like no no plastics, no nothing. Yeah 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 yeah.
0: This is the thing I would say in that regard. Again, maybe a controversial thing to say, but it. I, I think plastic it can can be a means to an end, and if it's the best performing material, and if you're using it in a small amount. If you're trying to actively use as little of that as possible, but mm. if it is the best, the best performing material, then it makes sense to use it. Yeah. If it's going to also improve the functionality and operation of, of everything else involved.
1: Yes, we need to be saving carbon emissions. Yeah. And if using a tiny amount of plastic to do that, I mean, this is the justification I've come up with. Yeah. And I think people listening might go like, no, 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 no. It's how I've justified it. And if I didn't use that membrane in here, this would be a leaky, yeah. leaky, leaky building. And, you know, the wind that was blowing through earlier with all that snow yeah. uh, up to your knees, wasn't
0: it? Which I had to hobble through right up to my knees. It was possibly actually thigh deep. Crikey. Yeah, my thigh is only just thawing.
1: It's a Christmas miracle. It is. That you got here at all. Yeah, it
0: really, really is. The use of a small amount of plastic, it was going to benefit an overall design and so i mean if you didn't if you hadn't have used that you'd be burning a hell of a lot more wood yeah exactly which then adds a hell of a lot more carbon and so yes on the sliding scale i'm doing wobbly arm movement mm-hmm. with one elbow going up and one elbow going down
1: while well, doing a sort of wave motion with the fingers
0: in yeah, the middle. it's pretty sort of 80s it's quite cool mm. i would say
1: mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway that's what i'm trying to say listeners with my arms so that's good yeah um
1: well we're talking about like, I've talked about a lot about airtightness um yes. and I need to say something really important around that. Let's go. And that is if you just build a really airtight box, yeah. Uh were you about to ask this question? I was. Have I stolen your thunder?
0: Slightly, but that's okay. Well then you go for it's it. your thunder. no please. So what I was gonna say is that we were talking we're talking So about... what I was gonna say is <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> No go on after you.
0: So, no, honestly, I insist. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. So, we're sort of talking about the, I suppose, the technologies, mm. uh, the chosen technologies involved in building a tiny home such as this. So, my one of my first questions or doubts or lack of information was, if you have an airtight building with triple glazed windows and doors, what happens to your oxygen?
1: mm Great question. Thanks. Um, yeah, if you just build an airtight box, then, uh, well, eventually, if you were in here for long enough, you would run out of oxygen.
0: You would die. Uh,
1: you would die to death.
0: You'd proper be dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a day-to-day thing where you'd actually be opening the doors and whatnot, um, you'd just be... breathe. So every time you breathe out, you breathe out, air and moisture yeah um every time you cook something say you're boiling some pasta like there's a lot of water vapor is going up in steam mm. right if that moisture can't go anywhere then it forms condensation yeah. you know you you probably all know condensation on windows we've all seen it we've all seen it we've all been there we've all been there um leave that long enough you get mold there's just been a tragic case in the uk of a kid dying from mold in his house moldy buildings are incredibly unhealthy yeah um and so we get into this thing where we want it to be as airtight as possible to be as efficient as possible but we need healthy air
0: how do you avoid a sopping wet carbon dioxide
1: pod exactly yeah um, and the answer to that is uh, MVHR, which is Mechanically Ventilated Heat Recovery. Imagine uh, your bathroom fans... Does it not mean Mike's very hot wraps? <laughs> do you want to do a very hot wrap? No. Go on. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you know, in your normal house, you've got those... Uh, fans in the the bathroom yes um and they blow out all the the air
0: classic vent axia correct yeah
1: so the mvhr i've got um it provides me with all of the fresh air i need uh it takes out the humidity um and it does this by being uh, a fan that blows inwards and then it blows outwards and the really clever thing about it is that it's got a ceramic core Um, so that say it's warm inside so we're talking about like a a nice winter warm inside scenario Mm -hmm. as it blows the air out the ceramic core heats up essentially taking the heat out of the air Mm -hmm. Um, and then when the fan reverses and it blows air back in nice fresh air back in the air is dragged through that core it retakes that heat back in again and so there's actually very little kind of heat loss, mm-hmm. so you're getting fresh air without heat loss. Fresh air, which is warmed. Very fresh really clever. Warmed. It's not. It's not heating it mm-hmm. as in like it's not hotter than what was blown out. Yes. But you're capturing. You're mechanically recovering the M- MR.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, the MR and MR.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> M M V H R mechanical ventilation heat recovery so that's the heat recovery i think there's a lot of certainly in the natural building world mm. a lot of people that are very anti uh having fans in your house and i think it's very strange because almost every house has like a kitchen extractor yeah and a bathroom extractor and they think that's fine mm. they know that Humidity in the bathroom, you know, when you have a shower, you make lots of humidity. When you cook, you make lots of humidity. They know that that needs to be vented away. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, the eight hours that you're asleep breathing out moisture. Yeah. Like, that's a huge amount of moisture. Yeah. uh, Probably equal to the amount of pasta you've cooked. Yeah,
0: an Olympic swimming pool's worth.
1: Exactly. Yeah. An Olympic paddling pool's worth. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah so I think there's a lot of resistance to MVHR mm. in the sort of more natural building world. Um but the stat that I heard that really sort of convinced me if we were to just ventilate the air out, yeah. like blow it straight out, uh the energy that we put into the building in terms of heat, mm-hmm. you know in kilojoules, uh that would be lost, gone forever. Yeah. To actually run these fans, they're so low wattage, all they are is a computer fan, essentially, blowing one way and then the other. Right, yeah. So the energy that is recaptured by running that fan is more than the cost of running the fan. The fan
0: itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it is... a. So again, your, it's net positive. It
1: is net positive. Yeah, we're yeah. back to net positive. Good. Did I explain that okay? I've that really struggled about i think that.
0: so and so are there do you have two fans
1: yes yeah so um you have to size the system according to your building um generally they do it by number of occupants but in a building this small it is a kitchen and it's a bathroom and it's a bedroom yes so two fans uh kind of at opposite ends of the building um i have them away from the bedroom because you can just hear it. It's like a very, very low whir.
0: Yeah, I've never noticed the sound of the fan. Uh, mm.
1: I, certainly, when I first put them in, mm-hmm. I went from dead silence to a little tiny yes. whir. And I was sort of sat here going like, oh no, what have I done? Uh, and then I plugged in my fridge. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how much I hate that fridge. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, and suddenly... Once the fridge kicked in, I was like, "Oh, I can't even hear the word. Yeah. Can't even hear myself think."
0: So. I remember when I first had all of my electrics plugged in and the battery charger. When we are, when you are plugged into uh, a, an outside hookup mm. for electricity, the battery charger were was akin to a jet taking off, mm. and I sat there, my brand new electric system just installed, feeling happy as Larry's turning my lights on and off. And on and off with gay abandon <laughs> and then the fan started and I was just like I rang the electrician guy immediately it's like <laughs> what's this how am I expected to live like this this is insane and it relatively quickly moulds into the background yeah yeah
1: yeah definitely Um, yeah I think with, the, with these ones because they blow in and then they blow out there's that moment in between where the fan stops mm. and then you get a moment of genuine silence yes and that if anything highlights the fact you know like when a generator is turned off yes and you suddenly go like oh, oh god oh i didn't realize i was hearing that noise all the time yeah um yeah i mean that happens every 70 seconds but it's not <laughs> as bad as the generator yes uh yeah i was definitely skeptical when i first put it in i was concerned and now i i think it's brilliant yeah and they they automatically kick into like boost mode when the humidity goes above 70%. So again, that like danger zone. Smart fan. uh, Smart fan. Yeah. Like you. Hey! If you want a healthy indoor air quality, and that's, you know, there's no point making a natural building if you're not going to strive for the most healthy indoor air quality. Absolutely. Um, So I think it is the way to go.
0: Can we talk about a mishap you had with the fans? Yeah. What happened there? Early what, days. What happened? When, so this fan system, by virtue, has to be has to remain on, mm. in order to
1: oh.
0: recycle air in and out. Yeah, of the building.
1: Yeah. What happened then? It was so it coincided. One of uh, the interviews I did with the podcast with was with Gervais, who's a passive house uh, designer. Yeah, and. The offshoot was I was concerned about CO2 levels in the house. Yes. And so he sent me a CO2 monitor so I could check. And I wanted to know, like, can I run my fans at super low speed and still not have too high a CO2 level? Um, And I plugged in the the CO2 monitor and went to bed. And when I woke up, it was at something like 3,000 parts per million and i think the healthy level is maybe upwards of well downwards of 600-700 parts per million okay and and i was like panicked and then i realized that i'd unplugged my fans my mvhr and it was just like the perfect example of you know why stagnant air essentially yeah. you're breathing out carbon dioxide sure um you get groggy if there's too much carbon dioxide. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, rule number one, leave your MVHR fans on. Yes. Yeah.
1: Now <clears throat> the electricians actually come and finished the wiring. Ah, yes. Eventually. It only took nine months. Yeah. Yeah. And the to e-
0: finish it took
1: half a day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a, a slightly funny switch-operated system before... Mm. Um, and now it's all widened, yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> definitely worth having, fans.
0: So good, very useful, very helpful thing. potential uh, potentially controversial in certain circles, but
1: yeah, a strong I, choice. I, I don't want to bang on about it too much, I am banging on it about it a lot, but um, if you just went for the natural ventilation, like mm. don't put any air control in, then. You have air leaking in every which way. Mm -hmm. And as we said, it's bypassing the insulation, so you're getting cold air coming straight into your building. And at those points is where you get warm air meeting that cold air. That's where you get condensation. It's where you get mould. It's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Like Controlling the airflow, I can't believe I'm saying this after so many years of being like, we should make it airtight enough, but not so much that we need ventilation. Uh, now, yeah, now I've seen what uncontrolled airflow does, and I tell you, actually, my bathroom
0: uh-huh.
1: I've realized that there is a hole in the air tightness layer somewhere in the bathroom, right? And there's a little bit of mold growing just up on the, the backsplash of okay. the um the shower, yeah. And I need to take off that backsplash, find the hole, patch it, and Yeah, that goes away. But it's just, that is where the cold air is coming through. And it's only come up in the last week. So the last week we've had minus... It's
0: been super, super cold.
1: Super, super cold. Minus super, super cold.
0: Yeah. Minus three, minus four?
1: Yeah, consistently for a week. Yeah. And it's only appeared then. So yeah, it's a good good reminder that this thing is important.
0: Case in point. Good stuff.
1: Did I just go real nerdy then?
0: Maybe, but that's good. Yeah? I think, yeah. Now this is, we're arriving at the part, in fact, should we get a little, would you like a vocation beer?
1: My goodness, yeah, I'd love a vocation.
0: Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. Oh,
1: do you know what we should do before we move on to the next?
0: Mm -hmm. We should pull a cracker. Oh, we should pull a cracker.
1: So I have um, secreted in these uh, crackers Mm -hmm. a building-related joke. Have you? Yeah.
0: So have I, I think.
1: Ready? Yeah. Ready? Hey! I lost. I won.
0: Jeffrey won. Put Put your hat on.
1: It's a lovely purple crown.
0: Very good.
1: I know that everyone's going to hear that little wrinkling and know exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I've got the joke for you. Okay, here we go. What's the most annoying thing about carpenter porn? (laughs) Uh, It's the ads about hot shingles in your area. (laughs) Amazing. Should we do another one?
0: Yeah, let's do another one. Let's do it. I best get this hat there, ready? Oh I can't (laughs) tell you! I mean (laughs) woohoo! I won! (laughs) Right. I put on my Christmas hat. This is a navy blue number. Lovely. The joke is uh, a construction worker walks into a bar with a slab of asphalt. The bartender asks, what can I get you? The construction worker replies, one beer for me and one for the road. Hey! 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 It's a Christmas miracle. That's brilliant. So we are now, well, we've now reached the, the part of the interview, and it is an interview, I'm going to say that again, uh, which I'm most excited about. And that is the power slash heating element, Ooh. or as I like to call it, the nitty
1: gritty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add it on a bit where it goes dun, dun,
0: dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it's uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. The nitty gritty round. nitty gritty. <sighs> <sighs> okay, hit me with the nitty gritty question. So,
0: nitty gritty. Power and heating, Jeffrey. Yes. Heating, I think that's less... That's more nitty. The power's more gritty.
1: Mm. I feel. Should like we, we all, start gritty?
0: Yeah, we all know what the heating is. It's a bloody log burner, isn't it?
1: Well... Or is it? Mmm. Mm, mm. Coming back
0: to that later. Yeah. So, uh, the gritty, I think we defined it, was the power. Yes. So, this is a off-grid tiny home.
1: This is an off-grid tiny home. One
0: off-grid tiny home.
1: One off-grid tiny okay.
0: home. so, how the hell do you power
1: it? Well... I power it with the sun. Uh, yeah, so um I don't know. We didn't talk about it necessarily at the beginning, but mm-hmm. I will be moving this house into the woods. Yes. Um, away from all power lines, um, off-grid, totally off-grid. Um, and so I need to power it with batteries and solar. And that was a whole rabbit hole mm. of... I put that off for as long as I possibly could. And then just, I think, was it when Russia invaded Ukraine? Uh Not meaning to bring the mood down.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, Christmas party and all that. The energy prices shot up at that point. Yes. And suddenly everyone was going like, of course, we should buy solar. We should buy batteries. Yeah. Um, So I put it off successfully for about two thirds of the build, Mm -hmm. knowing that at some point I had to delve into electrics and look at power consumption of all the things that I use and all this sort of stuff. Uh, And then suddenly I just felt like I had a week to design the system and get it ordered Mm -hmm. uh, because impending doom. So it goes. Everyone wanting stuff. Yep. So I dived into it. It is, it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, You essentially have to work out how much power you're going to use. So you have to look at every component and this is for off-grid. Yeah. And off-grid is way harder. And if you cannot be off-grid, don't be off-grid. Yeah. Um, by all means, or definitely have solar panels, uh, but be tied into the grid. Because what I have to do is I have to work out my extractor fan for my uh, my hob, my sink, charging my laptop, uh, the lights. If I want to have... I've got a an amp for... Um, play music through yeah all of the things the mvhr yeah all of these things take a little bit of power and i have to calculate all of the power that's going to be used yeah. then i calculate all of the power that can be absorbed from the sun and then that's one day storage and then you have to times it by three because the chances of not having any sun for three days are you know in this country relatively so that's high. your
0: up it for the winter exactly yeah
1: Um, And really, what you need to do on an off-grid situation is to spec it for the darkest day. So we're just about at the end of December now. Yes. The days are at their shortest. The darkest is the least amount of sunlight. Come on, the 21st. Come on! I need to have enough solar panels in my array so that even on the darkest day, it can charge my battery. Yes. Which means that for kind of... Two thirds of the year, three quarters of the year, almost. Mm-hmm. I have got way too many solar panels, hugely over-specced. And yeah, yeah I fill my batteries. Basically, the the uh, the solar panels are creating electricity that yeah. is then just dumped.
0: The batteries are overflowing; it's like a bucket with electric water pouring out of it.
1: Yes, a great analogy. Yeah, thanks. no one, no one <laughs> minds water and electricity (laughs) (laughs) in this instance so kind of it's it's really kind of a wasteful system yes like the best thing to be happening in that scenario was would be that i'd be tied into the grid and in all of those days uh when i'm got excess i would be like powering my neighbor's house yes um you know even though they would be paying me like pittance Mm. for what i was generating but you know and that's what solar
0: panels do in a more sort of conventional house isn't it yes of sell back to the grid exactly
1: a grid tied system yeah yeah. so that's like anyone that lives on a street with the power grid so yeah i've i've recently been down a rabbit hole of what am i going to do with the excess power when i've got it yes indeed um the first thing really really easy um is that i have a gas boiler system so, I get hot water on demand from a gas uh system um as soon as I've got too much power, it's going to divert the the power from the the solar panels into an immersion heater, heating a tank of water yes, so I will be using the the overflow to heat water, yes, then I will always have hot water available free hot water free hot water, not using l p g mm. Um and this is a prospective plan, isn't it? This yeah, going. this isn't happening yet. Yeah. Luckily, one of the jobs we've been doing yes. is ripping out an old immersion heater. Uh-huh. Um, so there is one available. And that's got Jeffrey's name written all over it. In Crayon. Yes, indeed. And <laughs> um, Rust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's old. <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's one way I'll be using the Ex's power um another way so i've got a gas hob uh-huh. um again i yeah i don't want to be using lpg as much as possible mm-hmm. so i'll be getting one of those um electric powered induction hobs uh that will just sit on top of my stove uh-huh. when the sun's out so in summer if i'm cooking my lunch uh, i'll be able to use the excess power just to to do the induction hob mm-hmm. and and
0: that'll be a direct from panel to hub type scenario?
1: Not not quite. Right, yeah. Uh it all goes through the clever yeah. system. Yeah. But if I was to try and run that system now, like the sun's gone down, it is dark, it's yeah. in the middle of winter, yeah. all I would be doing is rinsing my um my batteries. Yes. because um, they take quite a lot of power. Like uh-huh. boiling a kettle, for example, is yes. two thousand watts for my kettle. Uh huh. So boiling the kettle is a huge whack of power um, mm-hmm. that would just be taking it from the batteries. Yes. Um if I boil the kettle when the sun's shining full, basically the batteries stay completely flat. Yeah. Yeah. No no depletion. On a on a plateau. Yes, were, not flat. As opposed to flat. Yeah. No, flat is what you don't want.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they remain unaffected as it were, the power's coming in off the top of it off. At the top of the batteries yes. into your kettle. Yeah, the, the creamy
1: batteries. froth on the, on the head of yeah. the, the pint.
0: Remains unknifed. Mm-hmm.
1: Unknifed pint.
0: We'll be back after a quick break.
1: If you're looking for all things BMX racing, you've found the right podcast. Here at Lane 8 BMX Podcast, I'll speak to the local racer, the national racer, and even the Olympic level racer. I'm talking kids to the weekend warriors and much more. So get comfortable, turn up the volume, and remember to snap on green. You yeah, know you get
0: like, you're frothing like a, oh, like in a... Belgian bar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you now.
0: Yeah, I, I remember on, on my setup in Havana, we, we, we recently, maybe two months ago, added a solar panel mm. to, to our setup. But prior to that, we were just on hookup, external hookup. Into two thirty volts, which means you can run anything off the sockets. Uh, And then occasionally, if not, we were just either using a split charger or just using the capacity of the batteries to Mm. use our LEDs or whatever. And one day through our inverter, I thought, I'll just I'll give boiling the 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 kettle a go. (laughs) See how that goes. (laughs) And I flicked the kettle on for a moment, and there was this unbelievably high pitched from the inverter. Fucking very quickly turned that kettle off. It was like, ah, oh, shit, I hope I've not damage that too much.
1: No, there's cutouts. let yeah. stop that.
0: Nothing happened, but it was a scary little moment.
1: Yes. Like, electrics that make high-pitched
0: noises, generally speaking, that's a bad thing. No, we don't want that. Yeah. that.
1: yeah. It's a whole world, and it is a complicated thing. Uh, if you are... I mean, yeah, if you're thinking you need to be off-grid, there are lots and lots of Things online to sort of help you. There's sort of uh, spreadsheets so that you can go through and list all of the things you're going to use, and they will sort of guide you through. Like, you know, you need all of this, so you need this much power. That means your batteries need to be this big. Yes, etc etc Something
0: which I used was uh, Bimble Solar. Nice, they're uh, great. Bimble Solar, the solar calculator on there. Mm-hmm. You can they've got a self-populating chart, and you add what your appliance is, what is Wattage how off, how many hours per day you're going to use it. Put all of your bits in there, and then you can select to over-spec it by fifty percent. They they say suggest fifty to one hundred percent for the winter months for those couple of mm. months, December January, when there's the, the least light, and that'll tell you what battery array you want and how many panels you want.
1: Goodness, it was hard work, mate.
0: Yes, I can only I mean I can only imagine. I was trying to spec it for my tiny van, which has a fridge mm. and some lights. It, it seemed almost impossible to do. It, it doesn't seem like there is one straight answer because there isn't, because it, each answer relies on too many other variables. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what I would say is um, there's various people selling kits online. Uh-huh. Go to them and get them to spec you a an actual system that's based on your requirements. Yeah. And generally, the prices that they're putting online that people would just buy kind of off the shelf, Uh are more inflated than what they can actually do. If they design you a system specifically for you, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get a better price.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's it. In terms of advice, I would say big ups to wind and sun in Lemster. Mm. Very helpful solar power company. Got all the information. Know their gubbins. Check them out if you are in that area.
1: Yeah, and I used uh Energy Monkey. Uh lovely chap called Paul. Uh I think he's in the Gloucester area. Cozy Paul. Cozy Paul.
0: Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: yeah, Cozy Paul. Uh <laughs> yeah, he was he was really great for me.
0: Uh you lost your hat when you tossed your head backwards there in laughter. Um Solar. Do you, mm. want, do you want to go deep on this or not?
1: Let's go medium deep. Go because medium deep.
0: Okay, so, all right. What's so your question? We spoke, we've spoken broadly about your about solar and the solar requirements for your tiny home. How many panels have you got?
1: <laughs> Hang on, Chunky oh, Benjamin wants to...
0: Chunky Benjamin wants out again.
1: Sorry, Chunky Benjamin.
0: Yeah. Go on, mate. There we go. Good boy. Go,
1: Start the question
0: again. Just a couple of moments. So, yeah, we've spoken about solar power and the tiny home. Um, I want cold, hard facts. Great. So, six and a half by two and some meter tiny home. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How many panels have you got? What sort of batteries have you got? What brand system have you gone for in
1: general? Okay. Um so, because I'm doing a model of Marara, uh, I've gone for Victron. Who, very nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, they are, I mean, they're sort of the, I think they're one of the industry standards. They appear to be the
0: industry standards. Yes, yeah.
1: they're all the sort of blue, uh, very specific blue colour. Um, they they don't make a sort of all-in-one box um, there's a lot of cheaper alternatives that are like the battery charger, the solar controller, the, um, the inverter, all in one box. Mm-hmm. And I almost went for one of those, and then I started reading some of the reviews, and people were saying like one component of that had broken, and then their whole system had gone down.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And the joy with the Victrons is that they are all individual components. So if your solar charger, solar controller goes down... yeah you can swap that out.
0: Yeah. And that's not affecting your inverter. Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely more expensive, um, but I feel like it's an investment in the future. Yeah. Um, And it's upgradable as well. Like If down the line I find that, oh, I'm not actually getting enough solar power, I could add in more components. Yes. And it would all fit in together. Um, yeah, those sort of one-size-fits-all systems yeah. uh, are kind of limited. And they're good for certain situations, mm-hmm. but, you know, they don't have uh, expansion as, as one of the...
0: Yeah, the... That, and that comes back to that sort of buy-once. Yes. Spend slightly bigger, buy-once, future-proof yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I've got... Well, initially I've got 10 panels... And then they recommend that you have a generator backup. Yes. So that when you're in the woods, uh, if you have like a week of real gloomy days, you can fire up the generator. And I am trying really hard not to burn fossil fuels. Yeah. So I thought the cost of a generator is actually kind of about 500, 600 quid. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I spend 500, 600 quid on more panels? Mm -hmm. So I've got 15 solar panels. 15. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Count them. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they are, if you line them up, it's basically three times the length of the the house. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually got them all set up at the moment. I've just got uh, 10 set up. Um, yeah, and the hope is that that should mean that even in the darkest days... I am powered through and I won't have to rely on a generator. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, if you don't have to be off grid though, don't be off grid because you can have five panels and for like 80% of the year be fine. Yes. And then for that 20%, you just take a little bit from the grid. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. If you've got that option, take it. That's mine.
0: This is a very specific requirement based upon your, Entirely off-grid desires and, and goals.
1: Yes. Yeah, the necessity. If I want to live in the woods, there isn't power. Yes. Yeah. Other than what I bring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. Okay. And so finally then, so if you've got your 10 to 15 solar panel array, what what wattage are those solar
1: panels? What what?
0: Yep. <laughs> Pardon? What what are those what what?
1: What? How many watts have you got in your watts? Uh, so there are 390 watts per panel. That's times a, 15. That's a total of... Four and a half kilowatts.
0: Four and a half kilowatts in total on 15. Yeah. And so finally, the most important question, what battery array do you have?
1: Uh, so I've gone for lithium ion.
0: Very nice. Yeah. There's another massive chunk out of the old wallet. Uh,
1: yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah.
0: So lithium ion batteries cost an enormous amount of money. Mm-hmm. Why spend more money over AGM slash liquid acid, etc.?
1: Yes. Um Leather. so lithium ion have a much better depth of discharge rate. Um so the batteries I've got, you can Four. take them down to fifteen percent charge. Yeah. Um actually, no, sorry, the batteries I've got, you can take them down to five percent charge and it won't be um degrading the battery. Yeah. Whereas a lead-acid battery Basically, as soon as you take it past fully charged, Mm -hmm. the battery starts to degrade. Yeah. So the thinking is that the lithium-ion battery should last 10, 12 years, whereas your lead-acid will only last a few years.
0: Yeah, and a lead-acid battery is safe to discharge to about 50, 60%. If you start discharging it below that, I mean, it's safe in inverted commas. It's, It's... as yeah. you say, anything below one hundred percent is starting to detriment. Anything below sixty to fifty percent is fucking that yeah. battery up royally. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That'll die very quickly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, does it justify the extra money? If you're talking, talking about it purely in um, financial costs, like yeah, you can buy a lead acid for probably about a hundred pounds.
0: I think mine were like 150 each for like 130 amp-hours. Yeah. Which is really just 65 amp-hours. Because you can't take it below 50%.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I I don't know. I really don't know. I sort of, many times I feel cheated by my system that What I had on the boat was really, really basic. Lead Mm. acid battery, solar panel. It was really simple and really basic. Yeah. And I've spent a huge amount of money, and it sort of seems like the more money you spend, the more things that come with it that then drain the battery.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's
1: like the bigger then you have to make it.
0: Yeah. But I suppose the argument is that you have to buy fewer of them. Like, you can more cheaply replace lead acid batteries. But exactly. You're buying yeah. more and more and more of them, whereas this is a, a more more sustainable in inverted commas method. Hopefully. Yeah.
1: But you know, lithium is not. This is the issue.
0: That's why the inverted it's commas mined
1: in. in pretty bad conditions yeah. and yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it is not the perfect solution. Yeah. Um. And I talked to Chris Magwood about this, and I said, you know the the rare metals that are in solar panels or in batteries aren't good for the environment to be mining. They're not good for people. Um in terms of sort of sustainability, they're quite bad. Yeah. And he his response was, you know, they are the best we have at this moment. And the hope is that we will develop better in time. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the moment they are still doing good, but Balance-wise, it's not so great. Yeah. In the future, it should be. Yeah.
0: It's the least worst.
1: The least worst. Yeah. And then we become the best, hopefully. Precisely. Yeah. But I don't know. If I was specifying a solar system, I don't know. The best, easiest thing you can do, or the best thing you can do, is reduce your demand. Yes. Um. Yeah. And I think you know, living small does that anyway.
0: But... This this is it exactly. You realise that in the winter time, certainly in our van with one with one little four hundred watt panel, you realise that actually you're going to have to watch less Netflix in the <sighs> winter. You know, you can't watch charge a laptop. Fewer as much. Netflix. Yeah, watch much watch much fewer Netflix, <laughs> and have your fridge on a minute amount if at all, and have yeah. two a day.
1: I often wonder that. Like, is a fridge? If you turn off your fridge, doesn't it then just have to work harder when you turn it back on again?
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's diminishing returns, for sure.
1: Is it better to leave it on all the time? But
0: with ours, no. With ours, it would have rinsed it off the batteries yeah. within a day and a half. Yeah. So if you could just pop it on for like an hour or two, again, it's diminishing returns. It's just you're getting a little bit of cold. Mm. And the next day, you will get a little bit less. But it's winter. <laughs> leave your food outside.
1: The outside fridge.
0: All right, then. So the so we've moved on from the power now, a bit and a half, yeah? Yeah. I oh,
1: do that. we want to talk heating? I was going to
0: yeah, say heat, so you, you didn't just say the magic word, did you?
1: Nope.
0: Good. So predominantly your heating is obviously from the wood burning stove. Correct. But that's not all, folks.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, so when I was designing it, uh-huh. I wanted to make it sort of future proof yeah. at the moment. It would be incredibly expensive for me to buy the solar setup needed to run un- electric underfloor heating in yeah. this house. Maybe in the future the price will come down, or maybe in the future my house won't be parked in the middle of the woods. Uh-huh. It is on wheels. It might be parked somewhere else.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it might be parked somewhere with an electric hookup. Uh-huh. So I have popped in uh, underfloor heating under the wood uh, floor. Mm-hmm hopefully at one point i'll be using that and the idea between that is obviously like wood is really great because it's a replenishing source uh-huh. you know uh the trees i cut down are re uh, because they're all mostly um british native hardwoods so they're regrowing i'm basically coppicing them yeah um close cycle close it's a close cycle yeah um what that doesn't take into account, though, is the air pollution that is created both outside and inside. Like, if you have an air quality monitor in your house, yeah. every time you open the door of your stove, oh, your air quality just plummets. Yeah. yeah, the particulate matter that comes out of your stove, like mm. uh, the, the ash, the yeah. dust in there, is not good to be breathing. Yeah, and there's been a lot of
0: articles on that in the last few years, hasn't there?
1: Yes. Especially in, in, cities in cities where like loads of people are burning wood. Yeah. Uh you know, the air outside of people's houses when you're walking down the street is pretty toxic. Yeah. So the ideal thing is to move away from burning anything, whether that's gas, whether that's wood. Um and so if we can be making electric heat in the building generated from solar panels, that is yeah, a much uh, more healthy system for all yes. involved. Yeah. So I put underfloor heating in. Uh, I turned it on once when I had a, <laughs> a cup. <laughs> uh, and it was it was weird, actually, because it was n- sort of not really that recognisable. I
0: remember you saying, yeah.
1: It was underwhelming. Yeah. When you're used to a wood-burning stove that, like, smashes you in the face with some heat. Yeah. And warms up the whole space that way. Yeah. Underfloor heating is a very very low grade background. It's a Little tickle of heat in it. Yeah, and I was a bit like, oh, mm, is that
0: it? I remember you saying you wanted to come back and lie on the floor, mm. be almost levitated by the heat, mm. and it was just not that cold. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I was just comfortable. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it's a bit of a funny one. Yes, and I guess yeah, the hope is that when. On those days, sort of spring, the shoulder season, sort of spring autumn, when uh, they're that's a snowboarding term.
0: That's a new phrase to me. Oh, the shoulder season. The seasons. shoulder season. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um. Obviously, winter and summer they're the main. They're the big Are they deal. The
0: back or the chest.
1: Uh. Yep. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. When you're when the hope is when I'm in those shoulder seasons when I'm there's still enough sunlight to create excess power, uh-huh. but it's maybe a bit chilly, yeah. I might, those points I might crack on. The, yeah. Um, I think they're going to be few and far between. I think it's just future-proofing. Yes.
0: Well, so that's something, I suppose you'll see how effective that is as you move forward, won't you?
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, the the thing I was thinking of and, you know, in this frame of mind of like making it the, the model of sustainability, uh-huh. that seems really wanky now, I'm saying it out loud quite a lot. Get it said. Um Is that, It is the way we want to be doing things. If you can entirely electrify your heating, that is much better than burning things. It's like the
0: the People's Elbow was the most electrifying move in sports entertainment.
1: It is just like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Dwayne the Rock Johnson?
0: It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) I was so glad we managed to pop that in there somehow um all right so we've 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 hit on power and heating yeah. no problem the, the other resource of course is water mm. what about your water mate
1: uh right now where i am before i move i have a delicious water pipe Ooh, yes you do uh that only just become unfrozen <laughs> uh after a week of sub-zero temperatures yeah yeah I was able to wash a glass for the first time today. What a treat. When I'm in the woods, Mm -hmm. I will be capturing the rain off my roof. Yes. This is quite a small roof. When I spoke to the companies that do rainwater catching, Mm -hmm. they were like, it's a a family of one, one household. Yeah. It needs this much water. And they said, your roof is too small. Right. I don't use a lot of water. Like, no. Having lived on the boat uh, where we had a water tank, like when I do washing up, it is like a little dab of water, Yeah, get it done.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I'm not... Yeah, there's very little wastage. Yeah, you're
0: not filling up a sink and in-
1: God, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, when people come round and I just see them like turn the tap on and just leave it, and it's like, oh, what, what, are you, what are you doing with it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think... And I don't have a washing machine there or a dishwasher. I don't um uh, You don't have a dishwasher. I don't have I do have a bath, which is pretty luxury bath, in yeah, terms of yeah, water. Yeah. But yeah. Um I think what I will probably do when I'm in the woods is have uh a shelter, an extra sort of shade shelter that is also collecting water. Yeah. And then yeah, there's a whole sort of process of Filtering the water through finer and finer grades of filter. Yeah. And then it goes through a, uh, a UV filter at the end. So you take out all the particulate stuff. Yes. Finer and finer and finer. Yeah. And then it gets blasted with UV yeah. and that kills all the bacteria. Then I don't think they ever... They always stop just shy of calling it drinking water. Right. I'm probably going to drink it. Yeah,
0: that's drinkable, isn't it?
1: I mean, I'll soon know. <laughs>
0: So I will tell. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm, yeah, if I'm drastically unwell, <laughs> then I will know. Uh, yeah, but I, th- I mean, it could. I could also have a system where I just boil that water. Yeah, and that would definitely, absolutely kill it.
0: That's an interesting thing I've I've discovered since since being here, mm. living here for the last month, and myself and my partner Lucy, we basically function off a five litre bottle of water mm. pretty much per day, maybe yep. four, four and a half litres per day. And that's every cup of tea and coffee, which especially if I'm not working in the day, if it's the weekend, that's quite a lot of teas mm. and coffees and all of the washing up and everything else, uh, the cooking with for pasta and whatever else, yeah, it's about five litres a day max. Now, five litres... Is actually a minuscule amount of water, traditionally speaking, conventionally mm. speaking. Yeah, yeah. If you
1: think anyone of, that lives in a house, you
0: live in a house. If you think about a toilet cistern, yeah, that is it's not way even one, more than five liters.
1: One flush, yeah, yes,
0: It's more than that. Yeah, eight, nine, I easily. Think so, yeah, yeah. If you think about the, the five liter bottle of water you get, mm. and you put that next to a to a cistern. It's ludicrous, loo dickerous that's a toilet joke
1: well i think um i saw a thing where it's so if you put in a compost loo yeah instead of flushing your your piss and your shit away yeah and it just you know goes into a container yes i think you save thirty thousand liters a year or like <laughs> the average family toilet i can only
0: imagine yeah yeah like,
1: that is an incredible amount of water. An
0: insane amount of water, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't seem real the and amount that,
1: of water. And all of that water has been treated uh, to make it drinkable. So it's gone through like this system. That, that water that's flushing your shit away is drink quality water. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The only
1: thing that's different is that it's coming out of the toilet rather than the tap. It's like the same quality, the same yeah. process that's gone to make that good.
0: I remember when I first realised that there wasn't separate water fees into a house mm. for hot water, cold water, and bathrooms and kitchens. I was always told that you shouldn't drink the water from a ki- from a bathroom tap.
1: Right, I think I was as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I still slightly believe it. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not two different feeds.
1: No, you're right. Yeah, because I used to drink. The water from the cold tap in the bathroom, hoping I'd get ill so I didn't have to go to school. <laughs> yeah. It's a legit I'd thing, right? Like, Good. I'm glad.
0: Yeah. I was staying in a place in Oxfordshire a few, for like a month or two back, and I was like doing a job there and living in this very sweet little Victorian children's bedroom thing. It was fucking pretty terrifying, <laughs> but gorgeous. And
1: Which yeah the sweet little Victorian child's there. <laughs>
0: The Charles weren't there, no. <laughs> the, Charles, the Charles were nowhere to be seen, thankfully. But I went and got fish and chips from a place and I got a can of something awful. And then I had just had my can of my empty can of something awful in, in my room and I was like, I need some water. So I filled up my empty can of something awful with water from the bathroom tap and then sort of paused for a couple of moments before drinking it. Like, is this drinking water? I was like, yes, of course it is, you fucking idiot. I'm still here today to tell the tale. Christ speaks volumes, I What's think. What's left of you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty decrepit. i like I'm <laughs> missing most fingertips. <laughs> but that's just my chisel work. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing.
1: Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at
0: mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft.
1: Here we go. We are two thirds of the way through the building sustainability Christmas special chat about my tiny house. Uh, I hope you are enjoying it uh, as much as Mike and I enjoyed recording it. Once again, I'm I'm terribly sorry if you are listening to this not at Christmas. Uh, It's probably quite annoying to hear people opening Christmas crackers, but uh, maybe not. Maybe it's a welcome break from or whatever nonsense is happening in the future that I can't possibly imagine yet. I wanted to say a huge big shout out to the team at Kind Supply. They are based in Lewis, near Brighton. Uh, they have sorted us out with a load of hemp insulation, and they are just incredibly helpful and happy people to work with. Uh, yeah, really, really professional Great service. I will be getting my insulation from them from now on. Um, I will put a link to them in the show notes because they are great. Um, also, uh, with this episode, we're talking about the times when we've got excess power. So I've been reading up on what I can do with that excess power. And, uh, and people have been suggesting things like mining Bitcoin. I'm definitely not going to do that. But there's a really interesting idea to to have two ponds one at the top of a hill one at the bottom of a hill and when you've got excess power you pump water from the bottom pond to the top one and then maybe if you have lots and lots of dark days or your solar goes down or something like that you release the top pond down a tube that goes through a, a micro hydro generator and that can create you electricity when there's no sun so you're essentially using your, your excess power to charge uh, a sort of physical battery in the, to, in the, the form of potential energy. So that's one thing I could do. People have suggested maybe using the excess energy to compress gas because compressed gas is a, a thing that is a valuable product. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to, to know what other people think. If you've got any suggestions. Uh, get in touch, maybe leave a comment on the Building Sustainability Facebook group. Um, yeah, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Um, as always, there are loads and loads of links to go with this episode. Check them out. Uh, links to other podcasts that we've done, links to the products we've talked about. Uh, there'll be a link to the Kind Supply lot. Uh, yeah, and finally, just uh, if you can share this episode. And you're enjoying it, then please do. Uh, it really helps. All right, on to the next part of this three-parter. Uh, we'll see you next time. All the best. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars